0: Well, it's good to be with you guys. Um, kind of how I got connected here was I, I, we have these house churches from San Francisco up until uh, towards San Jose. And lately, I just felt like we've kind of drifted a little bit in our vision. And, and I was just like, can we just get everyone together for a season? And so we just started calling churches in San Mateo and saying, hey, can we borrow your place on Friday nights. You know, can we rent it from you? And and only two churches said yes. And this was one. And the other one, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, very, very grateful for that. Um, the other one just had some really strange views on the Word of God. And so I'm like, I just, I don't want to give them a dime. So Uh, thank you so much for letting us use this space Friday nights I want you to know we pray for you this church we just want to seek the presence of God and we just want to lift up the Word of God as it's written Um, just so you know a little bit about me I was born in San Francisco but my mother died giving birth to me there in uh, Chinatown and uh, dad remarried, then my stepmother died in a car accident um, when I was seven, right there on the Antioch Bridge, and um, dad got married again, then my dad died of cancer when I was 12, Um, and I was in Stockton and kind of grew up, we'd be in and out of the church, but uh, after burying my stepmother and my dad, uh, I just started thinking more about life and how quickly it ends you know and some friends invited me to a youth group and uh, in a little baptist church and that's where i fell in love with jesus in high school uh and it changed me i i mean it it my whole life turned around at that point i started yeah amen <laughs> I started telling all of my friends. I mean, I I'd cut class to tell people about Jesus. Um, it was fine, I had good grades, Asian. You know, and uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, one night I took, I brought 50 of my friends to my youth group. My, my youth pastor picked me up in the church bus and we just went house to house and, and just because I wanted them to experience what I was experiencing. Uh, That's when I was taught to study this book, and I'd get up early in the morning, you know, like before school, as a high schooler, just studying this book. When I was about 15 years old, and so for the last 40 years, every morning, it's about this. It's about holding this up, believing in this. Uh, God started answering so many of my prayers. Like it was there, there were there's times when it's exciting, and there's other times when it's almost terrifying. Where you go, God, how could this be? Like, you're listening to me. And, and, and as I would study this book, I'd realize, gosh, there were a lot of things I didn't hear in church. And yet I'd read in this book. And a lot of people would tell me to believe in God, but they didn't really describe him. And when I'd read this book, and I remember, you know, the first time I I studied Isaiah 6, and I saw that, wait a second, so God is sitting, there's a being up there that according to Moses, I can't even look at him. If I if I saw him, I would die. That's crazy. There's a being right now looking at us, and if I saw his face, he says, I wouldn't survive that. That's like saying, okay, I I wonder how close to the sun I can get. Could I actually touch it? Can I? Of course not. I mean, you just get within a distance and and you're done. And yet here's this God who spoke that sun into existence. And that's who I'm praying to? I'm reading about these high angels that are covering themselves up and screaming out how holy he and, and, and suddenly it changed the way I prayed. I remember it was, it was in uh, my college years when I when I studied that passage and I thought that's who I'm talking to? That's the one I've fallen asleep talking to? And it caused me to just get out of my bed, get on my knees and be in awe that I'm actually speaking to Him, and He hears me, and He responds to me. And it just set me on this path of just explaining to people how amazing our God is. Because you can grow up in church and do the church thing and yet never really understand who you're speaking to and really know Him and experience the thrill of him answering you and using you. So I've been all over the place, but now I live in East Palo Alto and have seven children, three grandkids, um, and life has just been amazing, just absolutely amazing. And I love being alive at this time. I, I don't know about you. I know the world is going nuts and everything else, but I'm just so grateful that I'm alive during this time. And everything I read about in this book just seems like it's all happening. And, and uh, you know, people, go, people have asked me, do you think it's the end times? I go, yes, but, you know, I'm also 55, so you're pretty much in the end times one way or another. And uh, I'm just like, it's, it's the end. But I'm, I'm seeing the fulfillment of this book and that's why I'm so grateful for this church that you guys believe in this book you teach this book you love this book and I'm telling you this is the time where we have to kick it into another gear this is a serious serious time um, and we see what people are doing to this book and distorting it and Watering it down and everything else. And that's so sad because the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 3, he says about the church that we are, I think the verse, if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. He says this is is why Waypoint exists. He says, you're, you're a pillar. I believe these are, these are probably load-bearing pillars here. Uh, I'm not really a builder, but they look like pillars. And the whole idea is you, you can't say, oh, we need a little bit more room. Let's knock those down. No, because that's what holds everything up. And the Bible is saying that we are that pillar. The church is the pillar. We are the ones that are supposed to hold up the word of God. We're the buttress. I mean, you you don't let it fall, not on your watch. I I was telling my kids, uh, a couple of them, we were were in Israel. And I was just explaining, you know, just walking from place to place and showing them the holy land. and, And we had just walked through Hezekiah's tunnel. And I'm like, look, you can read about this we just walked through a 3,000 year old tunnel. And and I read about this, and we were were standing on the Mount of Olives, looking down at Jerusalem. I'm like, this is where Jesus ascended. And I go, and look at that little city right there. I go, this is where Abraham took Isaac to sacrifice him. Isn't that crazy? I go, this is where David brought the Ark of God. This is where a lot of people say the Garden of Eden was. I go, this is this is where Solomon built his temple. It was destroyed, and then they rebel and they rebuilt the temple. This is all right here at the same spot. And this We are standing on the Mount of Olives where Jesus ascended to heaven and he says he's coming back to this spot. I go, look, we are looking at, we've been looking at 6,000 years of biblical history. Do you understand that? And then suddenly one of your friends Will tell you something contrary to all of this, and you'll listen to them. You'll listen to your 17 year old friend and say, You know what, all those people who have believed this for 6,000 years, they're all wrong, because my friend believes something different. I'm like, Think about that. Think about how crazy that is, to forsake all of this history and what everyone has held onto for so long because your friend tells you something different. And I just said, what's, what's so brilliant about your friend? Is it all those years of Minecraft and Fortnite just got him like just, oh, I trust him, I trust him. But I turn up to this passage I saw a, a couple months ago, Psalm 81. There's this passage in Psalm 81, and I just love it. In Psalm 81, verse 10, God says, I am the Lord your God, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people... Did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me, so I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels. Okay, see what this passage is saying. God says, all you had to do was follow me. If you just opened up your mouth, I would have just filled it. He goes, well, my people, they, they, they weren't content with me. And, and he says that uh, my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. So, he says, this was his punishment. Okay, you don't want to listen to me. You don't want to follow me. Here's what I will do to you. He says, I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels. You don't wanna listen to the God who spoke and said, let there be light and then light appear. You you don't wanna, you don't care about my words. You don't tremble at my words. You don't wanna follow my, you don't care what the creator has to say. He goes, here's my punishment. I'll make you listen to each other. That's what he's saying right there. I gave them over to their own counsels. Here's my punishment for you. I'll have you actually listen to each other. I'll have you listen to your 17-year-old friend. I'll have you follow someone because you think in your mind, well, he throws a a football really far. So his opinion matters. That's going to make sense to you. She got great plastic surgery, so I care about her opinion. You you understand? This isn't wise. This isn't cool. This is the judgment of God. That's actually going to make sense to you, to follow the voices of these people. And I told my kids, I go, look, I get it. There are so many people who say, you still hold to those old-fashioned truths? This isn't the 50s anymore. And there are so many churches out there that are saying, well, we're just more progressive. And I'm going, I, I told my kids, I go, I don't care if everyone on the planet right now says something different from this book. You're talking about the most depressed generation in the history of mankind. I don't care if they all agree on something. I'm gonna to hold to what these people held on to for 6,000 years of human history. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And in the beginning, he created man and in the beginning he created woman and he says these two shall become one flesh and God created that and it was passed down and passed down and passed down and it's always been about this there's been one belief for followers of Yahweh God for all of history about sexuality and now our generation wants to change that? I go, I, I'm gonna be a pillar. I'm holding this up. I don't care how, cancel me, I don't care. I'm holding this up. I, I, I've been reading this. My, my daughter, she's uh, one of my daughters, Uh, is in uh, the Middle East right now on mission. She's been gone for like six months. Drives me crazy, I miss her. But um, she's 18 and she says, uh, I was challenged to read the Bible in 30 days this January. So she'll finish like tomorrow. And uh, so I heard that on January 1. I go, I want to do that. I'll, I'll join you. And I'm super competitive, so... I ended up finishing in 14 days. And uh, it only takes like two or three hours a day. It, it seems insurmountable, but two or three hours a day, you can finish in 14 days. I had my friends, some of my friends, they got in a room like this and they read this out loud, cover to cover, without stopping. They did it in less than three days. That's out loud. See, sometimes we look at this book and we think it's so insurmountable. You can read it in three days out loud. So silently you could do it in in less than that, probably two or less. And I've never read through the Bible quickly. It blew my mind because it's different. It's different when you just read it cover to cover. It's like if you were going to go see a movie and you said, you know, I'm just going to go slow and watch three minutes a day. That's just kind of weird. And then you, you, you'll, yeah, maybe you'll sit and meditate on, you know, a certain part, but you're going to miss the flow of the thing. And even after seminary and all these 40 years of studying this book, I don't think I've ever done anything more meaningful than just read it straight through. And the thing that hit me was how you read the prophets back to back to back and it's like wow the way they spoke they just laid it out and then you get to jesus and you're like wow he sounds just like them but even a step above that and then you're reading you know stephen and peter and paul and and you just realize everyone spoke the same way and what was disheartening was like i go I don't hear anyone talk like that anymore. It's so different the way we speak. Like when they spoke, they weren't trying to please everyone. When you read through the prophets, you just go, wow, they really didn't care that everyone hated them and they got killed because they said, no, I'm not on this earth to make everyone happy. I was here to proclaim this book These are the very words of God. I'm not here to listen to the counsels of human beings. I'm here to declare what God, holy, holy, holy God, sitting on his throne, what came out of his mouth. You uh, you ever watch like an Olympic relay race? Um, U.S. every year, Uh, In nationals, we always have the fastest relay team But we never win Because we always fumble the baton like it's it's the craziest thing. It's like look practice, you know, but but somehow the fastest people they keep dropping it dropping it dropping it and I was telling my kids "You, you understand what's been going on Like Adam passed some things on to Seth and they just kept passing it on it went to Noah it went to Abraham Isaac Jacob they just kept passing the baton it through Judah Elijah Elisha Moses Joshua it just it just they just kept passing it to each other they they were saying the same thing and John the Baptist Jesus Peter Paul and it went on and on and on for the last 2000 years they've been passing the same message 6,000 years. And then they passed it to me 40 years ago. 40 years ago they gave it to me. And I've been holding this thing. And I've been holding this thing. And, and it has not been easy. And I've seen the world turn and go so far from this. But I'm not going to let go of it. I'm not the one that's going to drop it. And, then I, and I told my kids, I'm passing it to you now. I don't know how much longer I have. I'm passing it to you. And if you know anything, uh, and they're they're, they're both runners, and uh, my two teens that I was with, I'm like, you know, that last runner has to run faster. It's not enough for you to hold on to some of my faith. And we, we had been standing at the Jordan River a couple days before. And I remember when I told you about that story about Elisha? You know, that that's where they crossed. And Elijah's like, get away from me. And Elisha's like, I'm not leaving you. And, and, and Elisha's like, what do you want from me? And Elisha goes, I want double whatever you have. I want a double portion of the spirit that you have. And Elijah says, okay, if you see me when God takes me home, you'll receive a double portion of what I have. And I said, that's what you need to be praying for. The problem in the church is we have too many young people that just try to hold on to their parents' faith rather than demanding a double portion of it. You know, during worship after, uh, I met Drew, right? Oh, that's Drew. Who are you? Jim, Jim. okay. I knew there was a Drew. Um, You told me you had five kids. I actually prayed for Drew because I thought your name was Drew, but that's all right. God saw through it. Um, No, I just prayed for you guys. I'm like, and I don't even know your faith. I don't know much about you, but I'm just going, man, I hope his kids don't just go to church and say, okay, I'll, I'll check the box of Christian when I'm older and hold on to some of my parents' faith, but that you guys think, I got to go like double whatever my parents had. I want a double portion. I was telling my kids, look, I, I taught you this book. Mom and I have lived out this book. I'm so glad that you're following this book. But don't think for a second that you just want to hold on. And, you know, like, like I just did a funeral two days ago. And, it, you know, a very common phrase that, that the kids would say, I wish I could be half the man my dad was. We got to stop that. That's why the church is in such a sad state right now. His grandma was close to the Lord and then, you know, mom was like, oh, I just want to be half the woman my, my, my mom was. And then her kids go, oh, I just want to be half the, the woman my mom was. And then suddenly you got a church full of people who are one-fourth of the spirituality of their grandparents rather than what this Bible talks about, which is what is available to us in the Holy Spirit. I um, I actually don't tell a lot of people this, but my dad was a pastor. And I don't say that in public very often. And I think some of it was because I didn't have a great relationship with him, but I also don't want people that go oh your dad was a pastor so you became one too that's cute you know like following your dad's footsteps and i'm like i so i don't even share it because i'm like my walk with god has nothing to do with my dad yes he, he got me you know going and but i never understood it and and i didn't see it in the house or anything else it's like when i fell in love with him it was about me and him And I was just going after him, and I've seen God do so many amazing things in my life. Because I would get alone in my room with no one else around. I'd get on my knees, I'd read this book, and I'd think about this God in heaven that I'm gonna face any day. And I would say, God, I wanna speak for you, I wanna live for you, I wanna stand with you and I've been doing that for 40 years and I'm not gonna stop and I'm not good, I'm not the one that's gonna drop this thing I want you to think about this people have been faithful for 6,000 years you guys not on our watch we are not the ones that are gonna drop this book so I want to pray for you I want to pray for this church I want to pray that you never deviate from this book. I want to pray for your children that don't just hold on to your faith, but they would have a double portion of this. Father, we worship you this morning. God, forgive us for caring what people say. Help us be people who tremble at your words. When you say something from your almighty throne, may we just hold on to that and tremble at that and not let anyone talk us out of it. You are our God. You are our creator. You are our savior. With everything you've done for us, God, we love your words i pray for waypoint church lord may they never deviate from your word may they not be ashamed of you or your words when you return may we be the ones holding it up faithfully right here in san mateo not backing off and god i pray for the children that are over at the children's gathering right now lord that right now from heaven you would just bless them, like pour your grace out upon them. God, whatever you did to me when I was 15 and and, and and it lasted, God, would you do that to them right now and give them double that, Lord, that this next generation that has to run faster and stronger, Lord, may it happen. And God, for those in this room who have Deviated. Would you pour your grace on them right now and open their eyes to see that they've been following someone else. Oh God, purify this church. Keep purifying this church. Be with Pastor Shannon and his family, God. May he just walk with you fearlessly, all the way to the end. May he say whatever you tell him to say, even if it's unpopular. Praise you, God. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.